Villanova Radio. Here we go. Tap the rock, man. Um, shout out to um Villanova once again. Um, next week they play number nineteen, Stony Brook. They're number fourteen right now. In the FCS. Man, it's crazy right now. Um, to look at how good this team has evolved and where they have came. Um, let's start. Let's get off right off to it. Let's start in the offense. Let's start to where they were and where they had contributed big time. Um, Zach Bednar six. I mean, eleven for seventeen, two hundred eighty-one yards, one touchdown, one interception only, only sacked once. Plus, he rushed for forty-five yards and touchdown. He's one. He should be classified as a, one of the MVP, leading MVPs for the FCS. There's no doubt about it. He's back. There's a reason why when he was gone, it was an absence. He's a total leader on the field. Just big. Um, Matt Guzak led the team in rushing eight rush sixty yards. Um, a leader on the team. Um, Aaron Forge had ten rushes for forty one yards, two touchdowns once again, showing he's a standout. Um, and DMI De Silva had a 36 yard touchdown. Uh, Damone Drew had six rushes for 24 yards. Justin Covington had five rushes for 24 yards, just showing the versatility in Villanova in their offense. And a receiver, Josh McGrigg, my offensive player of the, year, uh, of the game. I know y'all looking at better not know. McGrigg, the breakout. The five catches for 187 yards, the one touchdown, the 90-yard bomb. And then afterwards, still accumulating. After the one catch for 90 yards, he accumulated four more catches for 97 yards. That's just big. A uh, 37-yard catch for my, my guy, Javon Jones. And Jerry McClinton, you know, he chipped in a little two catches for 32 yards. And Ty Summers had two catches for 26 yards. Offense is really showing just how good they are. Um... Drew Riley led the team with six tackles. Christian Benford is my defensive player of the game. Five tackles, one interception. Um, Amen Black, Amen Black, Daryl McDaniel, Trajan Anderson, and Jeff Steed all had four tackles each. Trajan Anderson, the dog out of Virginia, had four tackles, a tackle for a loss. Uh, Steve had half a sack. Um, just basically showing the versatility in this team once again. McDaniel had a pass breakup. Uh, Quentin Townsend, my guy, that's my guy there, my bad, Villanova, that's my guy, um, was an elite running back in high school, recruited as a linebacker, had three tackles and a tackle for a loss. Um, that's just showing, I think once the game got out of reach, they started bringing out the other dogs, like show what you're worth, and they still only allowed them to seven points. Um, just a team you're supposed to slap around like that. Supposed to slap the team around. Michael Taylor had half a sack, three tackles. I was just great to see him getting the game. Number one recruit from the 2018 class last season at defensive end. Um, Malik Fisher, once again, the sack monster, had his sack. Uh, Detrell Reed got him a sack in there. I know he's real happy to see him do that. Elijah Trent getting an inception. Another freshman nobody's really looking at. Javante Johnson had two tackles and a tackle for loss. Um... Javante Johnson also had a forced fumble. He's a guy that, you know, I guess y'all just forget how impactful he is to the team, um, FCS people. Um, just good to see this team get off to something next week. They play Jordan Gowans and Stony Brook, who Jordan Gowans, three-star running back out of the 2017 class, I mean 2015 class. 
excuse me, um, he had uh, 192 yards last game. So it's going to be real big to see this team um, try to stop him because Stony Brook is 3-1. and one. And CAA, another CAA opponent that this is, it's time for, this is how you get the get back for losing to Townsend, who's a good team. Not like, oh, you should have lost to them. They're a good team. Now it's time for people to show people who you are because this is a championship team, y'all. This is a team that's built to win, built to last. Um, Real big, real big. And we will see exactly who and what. The Wildcats are about against Stony Brook. It's a big game. Big game. Tough game. We'll see what happens in that game next Saturday. Talking about Villanova. Let's talk about recruiting. Uh, Recruiting. Jeremiah Robinson Earl. We all know. He visited Villanova. And, you know, no traction coming back from that. Um... We know he's really, really interested in Villanova, so everybody's up in the air on that. But I just feel like Kansas has been so in on him that that could be exactly where he goes. Um, he has visits lined up, of course. Uh, the 28th, he visits Kansas, who is leading in his recruiting. And on the 12th, of October, he will visit Arizona. Um, Arizona is a team that's been recruiting hard and heavy since the, the sanctions or whatever FBI. So, you know, they're going to try to go after him. Um, Isaiah Stewart. Respect Kentucky and Duke and Villanova all to get visits. I mean, he's taking his time. He's playing. He's getting his skills together. Villanova's keeping the eyes on him, tabs on him all the time, still courting him. I believe that's their number one target out the three. Matthew Hurt, Kansas, Minnesota, Duke, Kentucky, they're all at them. Look for visits to come soon. Everybody's taking their time. Everybody's playing basketball, having fun, too. Um, if you ask me who I think is the better fit, it's Matthew Hurt because he can shoot so good from the outside and Villanova loves to shoot. Everybody knows Villanova loves bombs over Baghdad. That's what I say. They're bombs over Baghdad. Them boys, they're, they're like, they're like San Antonio and, and, and the Warriors mixed together. Okay. Um, if you want me to really, um, tell you in hindsight who I feel um, can go. I think it's Isaiah Stewart. I just think that he's been the number one guy. I think he's Villanova. I think it's no doubt he's going to make his runs. He's going to come, but I think Villanova's doing a great job, and they will get Stewart. Um, but right, and Hurt, I think Kentucky, he'll be a blue blood. I just feel like people say it's hard to get him out the Midwest. Kentucky's Enough to get him out the Midwest. Duke is enough to get him out the Midwest. Villanova is enough to get him out the Midwest. So you, you can say what you want about it's going to be hard to get him out the Midwest. Those teams are enough. Hurt knows it. Uh, he likes all, all those teams a lot. And he's a type of player that, you know, they're taking their time. Minnesota's still in it, you know, of course, because they're hometown. But they won't get Matthew Hurt. They won't get him. 
He's too good and he's uh too explosive. But you know, I've been, you know, I've been surprised before. I mean, but I'm not that I mean, Arizona's different. I'm not gonna compare them to Minnesota. Them getting their hometown guys. Uh but look at Jordan, um, Jordan Brown. Jordan Brown, I mean, him making his way to I mean that that to Nevada just blows you for a loop. So things can happen, but no, I'm not until it happens, no. It's always surprises in recruiting, but no. Um uh Matthew Hurt and his fit for Villanova is just immaculate. Uh Isaiah, if you if you say Jay Wright, you say Jay Wright and you say, okay, who Jay Wright involves every single player he gets. Let's start with Michael Bridges. Michael Bridges, Jesus, I mean, four-star. And nobody, I think nobody nowhere, I think that's the biggest surprise out of all the upgrades Jay Wright has did. Nobody thought he would be a top-ten pick and as covered as he is and has become as good as he is, as good as a shooter as he is. He had none of that coming into Villanova, nothing. He could play defense. He could play ball. He looked more like an 11-point-a-game scorer. Not like he is. I mean, he was a player of the year candidate. Jalen Brunson, he was a five-star, but look what he did to Jalen Brunson. The man got two rings. Look how he shoots now. Look how he upgraded his shooting ability. I don't think he would he wouldn't have done that with no other program. It's Jay Wright. Dante DiVincenzo. And Amari Spellman are a little bit different. Like, if it wasn't for the championship, we wouldn't be talking about the draft. I mean, Amari Spellman looked impressive all the way through the season. He was already on mock drafts for the 2019 draft. So was Dante DiVincenzo. Well, Amari was more of the first-round talent. Even when he came out, everybody knew that he would eventually stay like two years at the most, and he'd be gone. But after they won the championship, everything goes up. Maybe we need to start looking at him now how he is. He's starting center, so boom, there it is. He'll do special things in Atlanta. Watch. Just give him three, four years. Things will be so different after three or four years when Amari Spellman steps on the floor for Atlanta. DiVincenzo is going to do special things for Milwaukee. Just give it a little minute. Could be this year. If they need him, yes. And when they call on him, he's going to answer. He's known for doing it. So just the upgrading that Wright would do, if I had to say on points or what a Matthew Hurt, no doubt about it. I think he's 17 and, and 8 all day. But his shooting would be immaculate. I mean, looking at how he shoots now, his shooting would be even better with Jay Wright. I could see him shooting 47% from three with Jay Wright. I could see him shooting about 50% or 49 to 50% from the field with Jay Wright. You know, Isaiah Stewart, if you're looking at where I think he would be, I think he would be more of an 18-11 guy. He would develop all his skills would be refined. Who knows if he develops uh, uh, his, his, his mid-range game would be even more elite with Jay Wright. Uh, rebounding is his big thing. If you get Jeremiah Robinson Earl, I think Jeremiah Robinson Earl um, typically could score the same as uh, Hurt, except, you know, I think Hurt would just be a better shooter. That is it. I mean, we're talking about in, in Jay Wright's system, everybody's going to get a piece of the pie. 
I think he would score the same amount as their uh, as a uh, as Matthew Hurt. I mean, they got some of the best. He's more real athletic, but would Jay Wright like to spread the ball? We'll just see what happens with that and what type of team he has. You never know what type of team is going to be on, but but how he's recruiting these teams are going to be super packed, way more packed than they was before, and um. Even then, if you look at Hurt and Stewart, if I had to really go back, I mean, Stewart, Hurt could score 19 points a game. I, I'm going to say 19 for Hurt. I'm going to say 19 because of his three-point shot and just how good he can shoot. I think 19 and then 18 for Stewart and 17 for uh, Robinson Earl. The evolution of those players will all be lottery picks after they get finished playing for Jay Wright because of their skill set. Stewart, look at where he already is in mock drafts. He's already lottery. Jeremiah Robinson Earl is a definite first-round talent. Matthew Hurt is a lottery talent. So you put them with Jay Wright and that happened. Um, it's going to be down to the wire in all three. I mean, if I'm picking Stewart, no doubt, because of what I hear and what's in the air. <laughs> I mean, it's Stewart is the number one target out of the three. But they're recruiting all three hard. And just in case Stewart don't go, who would I think would be the second guy? I think Hurt. I think Hurt goes to Villanova second. Robinson Earl is a possibility. I think Kansas got more of a lock. I, don't, I think Hurt's more undecided. That's why I say that. Everybody's talking about Kansas and stuff like no. You're undecided, especially if Robinson Earl commits to Kansas. That's a power forward. They should put him at small forward and Hurt at power forward, which could happen. I mean, that, that could also happen. Uh, Kansas is after other recruits, and you have to watch out for that. So, I just feel like Stewart, I think Hurt goes to a blue blood, possibly Kentucky. Kentucky goes against their mark, and they're after Hurt. So, I think that'll be that. And then Robinson Earl goes to Kansas. So, But if, say, say uh, Stewart goes to Duke, which I think is the only team, just like Antoine, that can pry Stewart away as good as Washington is and everything they're doing and all this, no. Um, and you know, he has a good relationship with the uh, coach at Washington and um, Nazia Carter, another player that he's played with. Um, but they're not gonna get him. Um, you want me to see? Who, I think it's Villanova, it's no doubt. But like I say, second. If you go to second, it's um, a second best guy that you're looking at right now. If you wanted me to be real, I think it's Jeremiah Robinson Earl's the second best guy because of the relationship so far and the visit that has happened with Jeremiah Robinson Earl. So watch out for that. We don't know where that could come from, uh, if, if his interest even goes up. And he had a visit with him, so that's big. But Matthew Hurd is undecided. And it's not really a clear cut. Like, you know, we know Robinson Earl has Kansas. People think, some people think Kansas can get hurt. Some people think Minnesota. Um, but Kentucky's going to close in real quick. And he's going to look at those opportunities. They're going to throw those opportunities that they have at Kentucky for his future there in basketball. And it's going to overtake, I believe. I believe he's a blue blood. Um. There's a heavy, uh, there's a nice possibility he can go to Kansas. I, I do think that. Because, like I said, you can play those two guys at different positions and put them on the same team. But I don't think that's what 
Hurt is going to want to, you know, see or play with, who knows, um, with Kansas. Robinson Earl, Hurt, and then Kansas is going to have a deep squad. Uh, who's going to get time? Who's not going to get time? I would think that Hurt would want to go somewhere where you feel like there's another guy you can play with that, you know, you can bring, that that's not on almost the same part of the game as you. And if you get to play with somebody like Antoine, who's who's been recruiting all three. It's great. It's good to know that he's trying to recruit that big guy to Villanova. And I've t- I told y'all, like one last podcast, I said, well, Antoine, this is going to bring more people to Villanova, more star power. After Villanova just got four first-round draft or three first-round draft picks, four picks in the draft, including their player of the year, you know, including winning the national championship, then you get Antoine. It's going to make people like Villanova even more. This is not the peak of people liking Villanova. Villanova's going to take over the recruiting circle soon. All right. Um, that's going to happen. Okay. Football. Um, if I want to go back to that, um, I just want to say one thing about football. Um, just know that when you look at Villanova's football team, how many people are impacting? How many people are impacting that were on the last two recruiting classes? Tell yourself that. 2017-2018. On this 3-1 and one team. 14th rank in the nation. FCS. And it'll tell you how good of a future Villanova's going to have. Um, just so many guys... It, Rob Rowe, Jalen Jackson weren't even in the game. Ryan Bell, they didn't even get a catch. They got they got a break. I think this was a break. I think if Buckner found that out, it'd be like a slap in the face. Like <laughs> Rob Rowe, Ryan Bell, they all sit down. Jalen Jackson, who just got finished making an impact, they all sit down, and they put other guys in there. I just I think Villanova's very happy with their depth. It displays it right there. Um. One thing I want to talk about on um, Villanova and how good this team can be, and who's going to who's going to go to the NBA from this team. I think Pascal's drafted in the first round, regardless. I think he has the ability to go in the lottery. If Villanova goes in their special run, and Pascal, I think in the great eight, Pascal in this week draft, this draft is not. It's not that type of draft at all, man. It's not going against the kids in the draft. It's the quality of talent. I'm saying they're not talented, but it's the quality of talent. Pascal can move right into the lottery quick with a successful season. You don't need the championship. He can move right into the lottery. He can show it. Just because of who Villanova is now. You know, uh, Phil Booth is a shooting guard that um, he's going to get the green light. You don't get the green light. Um, 15 a game for him. I had to look and evaluate this team to really, you know, I, I say 20 points because these guys can. Phil Booth can score 20. He can do a Buddy Hill because he has all the tools, but he won't be able to do that. You know, just thinking about, I thought about Phil Booth and his team and his role was a little bit different, but ain't like it can't happen. Um. Joe Cremo and Pascal are going to be the guys whose shot is refined and both of them are deadly at scores. They're going to score, I say, 
Watch out for 18 and a half for Pascal. I think he could score 20. But in this team, the way they're going to spread the ball and the people they need to shoot the ball, he's going to score 18. And then Cremo's going to score 17 like last year. They both they could both score 18. Uh, Cremo will get minutes at small four and shooting guard. Uh, Booth will be times where he's in there with Booth and Cremo. There'll be times where he's in there with Booth and Quinterly. He's going to get time to get starters minutes. That's why I say Slater, he'll get his time, but he won't get the time like Cremo would get at the small forward position. Cremo's going to get all the time in the world to score this basketball. So Slater will get a time to learn like Samuels did. They don't want to rush guys, but Cremo will be all over the basketball, of course. Okay, Painter. Painter and, and, and Roundtree will go back and forth. Painter has the more experience with the team, and Kylie Roundtree is a champion. So both will go back and forth, you know, rotating, getting in their center position. It's going to be something to watch because Painter can shoot the three. And Painter can play inside. He's gotten strong. He played overseas. He's going to be a guy. Everybody's going to be like, oh, man, I didn't know he was. Of course. Roundtree, same thing. He's more of the power guy. Inside, it's going to be something to watch. That's an underrated position to watch. Those two guys can ball. Um. Cole Swider is going to be the guy getting those minutes, yes, at power forward. He's going to be a big contributor. He's going to be the guy like Gillespie that's going to get the ball and going to be scoring. It's going to be Cole Swider and Javon Quinterly like it was Colin Gillespie and, and Dada last year. So you'll see Slater play the same fallback role as Samuels and learn, you know. Somebody has to give or take or give up or whatever or fall back. But one thing's for sure is Jay Wright is going to give Cremo chances to score, and it's going to be something to look at. This team, if Cremo and Pascal turn into this dynamic duo with Booth coming in, because those three guys have to do it. I mean, we don't talk about everybody else. All we want, great recruiting class. Those three guys have to do it. They have to be the three leaders. And then Quinterly and Samuels can feed those talents. Let me tell you something about Samuels. He's exciting. He can play. Everybody tell you he's a deer in the headlights. Jay Wright didn't give him no green, no go like that. Jay, Jay Wright gave him the learning role last year. They gave him the learning role. You got Michael Bridges. You can do that. Amari Spellman was a freshman. You're going to need your other freshman big like Dada to spell him. That's what happened. Colin Gillespie, he, he proved it. He earned it. They have no backup point guards. You know, it was Gillespie and Booth and and DiVincenzo. So, and DiVincenzo and Booth, and then, you know, Gillespie was getting time, but Gillespie wasn't getting that type of time until Booth got hurt. When Booth got hurt, then you see more time. Because all of them got in. Everybody got in. But Gillespie made more strides. So, when Booth got hurt, he got more time. That's all that was. If Booth wouldn't hurt that time, Gillespie wouldn't have got that much time. He just would have showed how good he was and then got back on the bench. Everybody showed their impact last year. Everybody did. Three different type of players. So it's going to be good to see this team um, make their run and do what they're supposed to do. Jalen uh, Goodman doing this thing in high school. Um, 2019 recruit, elite. Uh, Ricky Ortega, 2020 Villanova target is having a phenomenal season balling quarterback. One of the best dual threat quarterbacks, quarterbacks in the nation. 
and then you got Jonathan Seaton, um, Brad Seaton family there. Lega, uh, Villanova legacy recruit 2020 is making his mark this year. So those are the guys there. And like I say, we still on Noelle Miller, still waiting on what'll happen when we get a receiver in this class with the size he has. Um, totally it'll be something to add with Dez Boykin and Julian Liasi, you know, for the future going on. Just can't wait to see these guys. Quadri Ismail, Quadri Ismail and Connor Watkins. I mean, you got to be excited about Nova recruiting, seeing what they've been able to accomplish recently. Um, uh, predictions I've always had. Um, the Javon Quinley thing, I, I've, I've spelled it out before. Everybody talk about Javon Quinley leaving early. Jay Wright's not going to give him that type of time. Any five stars you've seen come in, when do when does Jay Wright give them? the immediate time they need to really impact like that. He's not going to put that type of pressure on his freshman. Look at look at what Omari Spellman averaged and look at what Jalen Brunson averaged from his freshman year, and then he improved his sophomore, then he improved his junior. He's not going to throw things on Quinley. Booth is going to have that pressure. <laughs> you know, Quinley is going to be a weapon. Booth is going to have that pressure. So unless there's a big run, if Villanova wins a championship, yeah, Quinley's gone because he's gonna he's gonna be able to shine enough in the bright lights like uh, DiVincenzo did and Spellman did to get drafted. They're gonna be like, hey, bring Quinley on. This team won the championship. That guy is, you know, because he's gonna show enough. Um, and the only uh, only other way is that if Quinley's getting the ball enough to where he can shoot and score so much. He's going to get the ball, but you know who else is going to get the ball? Booth. Booth is going to get more of control of the offense than him. He's teaching Quinley about Villanova. Mind you, this is his freshman season. Everybody has to learn Villanova. So, Booth is really is this going to be the year you see where Booth can go. Now, if he gets hurt, then there, here we go. That's when you're going to see Quinley and Cremo. And that's when you're going to see Quinley going to have the ball more. If Booth gets hurt, then you got Gillespie who's going to come off the bench and then spell. I mean, it's going to be a lot. He's going to give Gillespie a lot of time to be a point guard if Booth gets hurt. So they're both going to share their position. I mean, this is Villanova. They share the ball. They shoot. This is what they do. They groom their players. That's why their players turn out good because they groom their players. They don't rush their players. They grow their players. So, listen, man. Um... It's going to be big. It's going to be a big game against Stony Brook. Villanova needs to go out and take this. Um, shout out to Trajan Anderson showing Ricky Slade some love. Two Virginia dogs <laughs> showing each other love, man. It's something um, after the games. and I mean, that was something. Trajan Anderson was good to see him get out and do what he did for the um, for Villanova. It's about time to see everybody just coming to impact. Um, Malik Fisher is a dog. Guys are dogs. Javante Johnson did trail read. I mean, these guys are showing it. Now, we they needed this game to loosen up and you know, let out some frustration, and they did. They absolutely did. 42-7 in the first half, 49-7 through the whole game. It's a dominant game, over 600 yards. It's a dominant game. So, Sony Brook next Saturday. And... um. My next Villanova radio will have some updates on recruiting. Um, 
uh, Jay Rutledge and Cam Cam McKinney of two ladies who are getting recruited by Villanova for 2022 class. Uh, so look out for that. Um, until next time, y'all follow me, Ryder Leader 247 and Ryder Leader Johnson on Instagram, Ryder Leader 247 on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Leader Johnson, my blog page, always active. Um, see y'all, man. Tap the Rock, Villanova Radio, Nova Nation.